0: I'm John Banther, and this is Classical Breakdown. We're on part three of three, exploring Debussy's three-movement orchestral work, La Mer. In the first two episodes, we went over the other movements and heard from conductor Michelle Merrill, and also Billy Gerlock, principal trumpet of the National Symphony Orchestra. If you missed those, give them a listen first. And of course, at the end of this episode, we'll listen to the third movement in its entirety, but stay after the music, as we'll be going through some listener mail. The final movement of La Mer is called Dialogue du Vent et de la Mer, Dialogue of the Wind and the Sea. Remember, Debussy was writing in gestures and ideas of the sea, not a specific story. But I think in this final movement, we can read into it a little bit, if not just for fun, for a moment. The woodwinds and brass appear to be the waves in this dialogue, buffeted by the winds personified in the strings. In the ominous first 30 seconds we hear this buildup of wind in the strings and a cautious sea in the woodwinds and brass and before the two can clash a bright and commanding voice takes over the entire orchestra one muted trumpet now in norse mythology Eir is the god of the sea and with the goddess ran also of the sea has nine daughters that personify the waves this sudden command with the muted trumpet only happens in the beginning as if Ayer is stepping in before things get out of control, telling everyone to behave. Then we hear a theme that's led by the oboe and returns several times, There's something enchanting about it too. It's floating, it's chromatic, and with its use of quarter note triplets, it does not rhythmically fit within the eighth note triplets in the strings. This is hard to distinguish in performance, but it contributes to this overall unpredictable and ethereal atmosphere. And the dialogue continues between the winds and the sea, swelling and receding, until it reaches what sounds like a massive rogue wave. But remember some of the moments we heard in the first two movements, where the music can grow and swell, and then without warning, dissipate and go in a whole new direction. Towards the middle of the movement, the theme led by the oboe returns. It's a significant moment not just in the music for the oboe, but in auditions as well for Principal Flute. Here's Principal Oboe of the National Symphony Orchestra, Nicholas Stovall.
1: It's always a thrill to play. It's never the same thing twice. It's a piece that never gets old, and you can always find something new in it. Specifically about the third movement, the challenge is the juxtaposition of the music that opens the movement and closes the movement, and then also the slow music in the middle. The slow music has a lot of opportunity for the oboe, and particularly for the oboe and the flute. There's a passage uh, that requires the two instruments to really intertwine and to join their sounds together in a way that is neither just an oboe or just a flute. In fact, it's a passage that was used in the final round of auditions for the NSO's principal flute position that I would play with the candidates. And so the small number of finalists would come onto the stage and as part of their audition, they would play and I would join them, uh, we would play this passage and it was a very telling opportunity for, for me as the principal oboe, somebody that would sit next to the flutist and then also for the, the rest of the committee members sitting in the concert hall to get a sense of, of how any given player might respond right off the bat. So this was without a conductor, this was just the two of us on the stage. And it was very interesting. Aaron Goldman, who is our wonderful principal flutist, he and I, of course, undertook this. And I remember very clearly his audition and the fact that we worked so well together and it was just a, it was a nice precursor to the work that we've been able to do together in the the last number of years. So it's, uh, I'll never be able to play the piece, and certainly not with Aaron, without thinking about that time and, and remembering how special that was.
0: Thanks, Nicholas. That line he's talking about with the oboe and the flute gets passed around the orchestra and swells bigger and bigger. But the final time it comes back, it's interrupted by a brass hymn towering over the rest of the orchestra. Now is this another wave? Is it the god Aya returning, or is it something else? And that's something else? Well, it's probably up to everyone, individually as a listener. Okay, now let's enjoy the final movement Dialogue du vent et de la mer, Dialogue of the Wind and the Sea from Debussy's La Mer. This is L'Orchestre Lamoureux, led by conductor Igor Markovich. Dialogue du vent et de la mer, Dialogue of the Wind and the Sea from Debussy's La Mer. That was L'Orchestre Lamoureux with conductor Igor Markovich. And that is the final episode on our series exploring Debussy's fantastic orchestral work, one of my favorites, called La Mer. Check out the show notes page for more information on this episode at classicalbreakdown.org. Now it's time for some listener mail. In an earlier episode, I asked what classical music pieces are close to you during this time. Sandra wrote in, saying, For me, it's Chopin's first piano concerto. It was a great source of solace and courage for me during the early months of the last big crisis, the financial collapse that started in 2008. The incredible uncertainty of that time was also punctuated by the deaths of both my father and my mentor in 2008 and 2009. Chopin somehow lifted me through that time. Thanks for all you do for us classical music lovers. Well, thank you, Sandra. We also heard from Andrew who said, "'When I was a young boy "'and just began listening to classical music, "'my grandma taught me the classical music "'she used to learn about in school, "'and among all the music I learned from her, "'she taught me a beautiful piece of classical music.'" the Liebestraum by Franz Liszt. Thank you so much, Andrew. In fact, that's what we're listening to right now, the Liebestraum by Franz Liszt. We'll enjoy that now. I'm John Banther. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time on Classical Breakdown from Classical WETA.